Neve's solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neve's includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve's solicitors, your complete legal solution. Welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elkoury. And I'm Cathy Weston. A very warm welcome to everyone listening this evening. Tonight's show, as usual, a very detailed and informative show. We're looking at mental health this evening, particularly amongst girls, because I'm sure you've seen it, Lyd, um, this week. The statistics came out about young women's mental health nationally, and it was a really shocking picture. And I think it, it really shocked us didn't it? You know, it's, it was Global Mental Health Awareness Day this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. That one figure about young women being particularly susceptible to mental ill health was really shocking. And, and the rise of anxiety in young people and particularly girls is quite staggering. So the big stat out of the Department of Education certainly this year has been that one in ten children aged five to 16 living in Britain today has a mental health disorder. And as you've just mentioned, Lydia, unprecedented levels of school-related anxiety and in, uh, a horrible statistic that 70% increase in self-harm amongst young people since 2014. And that stat from Self Harm UK. So young women are the highest risk group in England for mental health problems. And one in five women report a common mental disorder such as anxiety or depression in 2014 and compared with one in eight men according to the same study on mental health Although and well-being. Although we do know that men as well, suicide's the biggest uh, cause of death in men under 35 and I think we've, we've come a long way in this country in terms of we've certainly done lots of shows on mental ill health but um, tonight we've, it's a special show I think because we are lucky to have a young person actually with us because I think as parents you know we um, hear about these things and we read about these things but to actually hear from a young person and not just read the statistics is very very special so we've got lovely guests lined up haven't we Lydia we've that's, got Megan who's sitting in right. front of us and she's age 15 and her teacher Mr Tom will be joining us uh, on the show as well and later on in the show we've got mental health ambassador Pookie Knightsbridge psychologist Dr Jessica Valentine and last up we'll be talking to Nicola Kalosis from the Ollie Foundation that's right. So we're just going to start talking to Megan. How are you, Megan? I'm not bad, thanks. How are you? Thank you so much for coming in. It's thanks very exciting, me. as we said, to actually have a young person relating their own experience on the parent show. So, Megan, tell us your story. You are only 15, is that correct? Yep. And yet you have experienced lots of you know, difficult emotions. So tell us what happened, uh, how, how things have unfolded. Um, well... It was just after my 14th birthday when there's lots of difficulties around me and um, I just suddenly felt like my world was falling to pieces all of a sudden and I never really understood why and I just started breaking down from there and as the days, the weeks and months went past it was just everything built up and I didn't know how to control it anymore. Yeah. And some of those things that you say, they built up to particular conditions such as anxiety and what other conditions, depression? Uh, yeah, anxiety and depression were the main ones. The main ones, yeah. I think as adults it's really hard to even comprehend that you've experienced such difficult things already. You're so young. But I want to talk tonight about your sort of journey 
towards recovery, uh, which has been amazingly helped by your sort of your role as a pupil in school. Because tell us what happened as you started to do your homework for Mr. Tom, who's sitting beside us. Um, well, we were given certain topics, especially in English, um, like creative writing tasks, and I thought to myself. If I want to get help, I've got to find a way to do this. And writing was a strong, strong point for me. So um, I would twist the stimulus of the creative writing task a bit and start to include parts of my feelings into it. So when I could hand the homework back, I would pray that he, like he or someone would pick up on what I've just written and start talking to me. Yeah, I mean, that's so sad, isn't it? And so heartfelt because you were really relying upon him to listen to you, weren't you? So you sort of tried to embed your feelings into your homework. Yeah. And uh, I have to bring in Mr. Tom. Now, did you sort of notice that this was happening? What was going on at your end as the the classroom teacher? Uh, Good evening, everyone. Um, Megan's a strong writer and she was creating some very powerful images and the, the the sense of the quality of the writing was that this was coming from a personal experience. Uh, our first concern in the school is a duty of care. So I talked to our child protection officer and get a better picture before I proceeded. But from that point, having a, a better understanding where we were, I was able to then talk in more detail about the, the meaning and the effects of the words. And from there, we moved to a position where we, we understood what we were talking about. And were you kind of afraid to ask? Because you could put it down to imagination, but you sort of quickly realised it was actually a personal experience that she was conveying. No, I wasn't wary in the first instance because we have to be you know, careful. that There is a duty to first inform a child protection officer and not to investigate yourself. That has to be done in the proper way. But once, once those channels were, were um, adhered to, then... I could see it was not just the words on the page, but the look in Charlie's eye, and 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 she was she was looking for someone to talk about her work, and she was looking for someone to engage with her on that level. And like I said, once I was assured that it was okay to move in that direction, then I was comfortable to do so. So, Megan, how did you feel when he first actually realised that you were expressing yourself in those ways? I was happy. I didn't really know how to go about talking because words aren't really my strong point especially when it comes to talking about how I feel but it was it just meant the world to me that someone picked up on it yeah yeah now you have very kindly brought along some of your lovely written pieces tonight and uh, I was hoping you might share some of them with us yep would you like to which one would you like to read first um my letter to depression okay and it's going to end with is it signed off by you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sort, sort of, yeah. <laughs> okay. Off you go. Dear Depression, I'm writing to you regarding your overwhelming strength in relation to me. I have written before, but I don't think you're receiving the letters. I first want to emphasise how you inexcusably stole the little I had left in my life. You permanently stained the clouds black and blurred my vision of the world. Now it never stops raining in this town with a population of one. It's like everyone who attempts to help me is scared of me, but really it's more like I'm scared of them because of you. You push me, you push them away 
because you whisper a plea in my ear to let you stay just a little longer. Secondly, your manners and housekeeping are appalling. Never have I known someone to cause so much destruction. Also, your shocking attitude towards others. Just what are you trying to achieve? They are talking to me, not you. All they want to know is if I am okay. But I can't say a word to others, let alone show how much I miss them. Continuing further, no housemates allowed. You always seem to bring one particular person to meet me. Your friends are a bad influence on me and you are bad enough as it is. To summarise, I need you to leave. I can't have a parasite like you inflicting irreversible damage on me. Instead of sucking my blood, you drain my energy and leave the lights on all night while you rummage through my memories. I need to sleep too, you know. Please leave me alone. Yours sincerely. It's such a powerful piece, so isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And do you know what I'm astonished by is that it's at such a young age you can externalise it. You can see that it's not part of you, that it's something else that's having, like it's a parasite, isn't it? Yeah. And that's so insightful, isn't it? What's your sort of response to it, Lydia? Because I've heard it before, but... I, I, it's so powerful, absolutely, as you say, Cathy. And I, the other thing is I could imagine that helping so many young people because you just call it, you just describe it so beautifully and, and so clearly. It, it's staggering that, you know, that you could just put that together. I mean, it's such a talent. It really is, Megan. Amazing. I hope I hope lots of people will get to read it and, and hear yeah. hear you read it. Well, you've got a... Tell us, just sorry, just before we move on to the next piece, how did you choose to share that with certain people? You had to share it with your teacher. Yeah. But what about other people? How do you select who to share it with? Um... Well, I decide first off if I like the lesson or not. That's that's a key part for me. Um, and I'm really lucky to have a really strong network of teachers in my school. And I know I can trust basically all of them. But as you say, selecting the right people is the hardest because everyone reacts in different ways. So I don't really know how I did it, but with the English it was just easy to pass the paper over and if I didn't feel like I got the right reaction I could just step away and say yeah this is just my writing yeah, um, yeah. I like to write these things I've got happy poems at home yeah so. yeah sort of a little barrier there yeah and I have to ask Mr. Toms did you notice a progression or the opposite in Megan's writing <clears throat> as time went on so was it sort of reflecting her mental state over time? It was. It was actually fascinating from a teacher's point of view because I, um, I said to Megan that in in many ways there was a reversal in that I was learning, and and Megan was teaching. Um, I remember when she put that poem in front of me, and we talked about that poem, and I also remember the light went on in her mind when I said there's there's a there's eleven year old girl somewhere, maybe in this school, but in another school somewhere, who's going into that dark tunnel that you seem to be coming out of and and, and I was inspired by the fact that uh, Megan was so enthused by the idea that she might help her. But when we started looking through um, the previous work, there was it was much more chaotic, no real coherence to it, just dark thoughts with no real structure. And when I pointed out to Megan the difference in structure and the, and the personification of the depression, showing her understanding of it. And she started to see that, that there has been a real progression. The power of the words to, to sort of uh, 
work as a therapy, I suppose. We, we saw that happening, and that was very exciting to see. And what's so touching is that together, you've, but you've used this vehicle of writing to find some sort of recovery, and that's, that's the way it's meant to work with teachers, isn't it? Yeah. That it's a kind of a lifeline. Now, you've got another lovely piece, uh, Megan. Yeah. Would you like to share it? And tell us some yeah. context, like when you wrote it and, what, you know, in what circle, in, you know, was it in school, was it a piece of homework? Um, well, this one was one when I was having a a really bad moment in in my life, and obviously, my, I use my tool of writing, and I don't really know what I write down when I'm in a bad mood. And looking back on it, after a few days after I wrote it, it really kind of got to me, like that's how I was feeling at that time, and hopefully one day I could use it to help people and here I am now here you are in a radio studio about to read it out yeah. so off you go the day after I killed myself I washed the sunrise up sweet peach flavors melted into the sky as my eyes glistened in the morning sun the field was silent and as still as a photo the trees rustled as the breath of God spread through the land the whole world was oblivious to my loss the day after I killed myself, I watched my friends go to school. Whispers rippled around the playgrounds, and then a wailing sound. The news that made everyone's true personalities appear. The acting from the cool kids, who, who default in their performance, being that they didn't actually care. The performances they refused to do in drama because they couldn't be bothered. So why are they bothered now? The quiet students who miss the spirited soul. They break in and shatter into pieces. Tears trickling down and no shoulder to stop them. The face they needed imprinted into their minds, but not to touch. I'm sorry I didn't see you. The day after I killed myself, I saw the teachers that care struggle. The faces, they were expressionless, and their eyes let out no cry. Their mind was going berserk, yet no sound could be heard. Standing in a classroom, hearing ghostly, the ghostly yelp of the soul that used to be so free. Wow. I'm speechless. It's very hard to know yeah. how to respond, absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It's amazing. You've such a talent, Megan. Really and truly. I think it just—it's—it's it's shocking how you know deep you felt those emotions. That I think people often would take a lifetime to kind of recognise in themselves. And I think by sharing it, how do you feel by sharing it, even in this way? What? It, uh, well, why does it help? At first, it, it really scares me because, obviously, I can't see anyone who's listening right now. Yeah, but yeah. I I hope they haven't taken it in a in a way that's going to, I don't know, hurt them or appeal to them or something. I, I just want it to be words that someone can use themselves to get help for themselves. And I think what you're proving to us tonight is you're showing, you know, enormous courage... And that's what people will hear, isn't it? Absolutely. And people are very, you know, inspired by people who are courageous enough to sit and read out their deepest poetry and the things. That, so I think that's, that's brilliant. And the insight that you have, the fact that you can put it out so articulately and, and the way you've written is so attractive to listen to, yeah. it makes yeah. it even more, you know, more powerful. So hopefully... Um, 
Megan, as you know, we're going to be speaking to Pookie Knightsbridge. She's quite a famous mental health ambassador who also writes poetry and essays. We actually have her book in the Knightsmith. Sorry, excuse me. We have her book in the studio this evening. So we'll take a little break, I think, and we will come back with Pookie, who's going to respond to some of the writing that you have done. And I think it's very exciting to realise it's not just you. There's other people. There's a whole yeah. community of writers out there just like you, Megan. And welcome back to The Parent Show this evening. We're talking about mental health and also ways towards recovery, in particular writing. And we've been speaking to the amazing Megan a second ago who shared her writings at the very tender age of 15. And we're all, you know, shocked at how amazingly poignant and moving it was. And now we're hoping to speak to Pookie Knight-Smith. Are you there, Pookie? I am, hello. You've written a book using poetry to promote talking and healing, and I know you do an enormous amount of work in mental health in that area. So what's your sort of response when you hear that a, a child, you know, aged 15 is producing that kind of writing? I think I think it's incredibly brave, for one thing, and especially to, to come and talk about it openly, and, and it, it's absolutely wonderful that Megan felt able to do that. Um, I think it's... It also shows a great deal of insight for, for Megan to be able to kind of write so openly and clearly about how she was feeling. And it, it, it shows, you know, that I think when someone's able to kind of understand themselves and articulate it in that way, then it, 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 it's really promising in terms of their, the likelihood of a positive kind of pathway forward. Um, it's also very sad, though, isn't it? I, I, I do find it very sad that at such a young age someone could feel so isolated and alone in their illness I mean, that was the thing that really struck me about what Megan um, had written was how very alone it felt and now Pookie, um, you write as well you write poetry and, 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 and creative writing just like Megan so is this something that is, is, is a way in which throughout her life will be able to help her um, you know keep well yeah, I think so. For me, um, I found writing personally to be a really good way of um, sometimes communicating something that I didn't have another way of saying, sometimes to um, help to order the thoughts in my mind if things were somewhat sort of chaotic. Um, and also it can be a really useful way of kind of putting something in a box and moving on when there are things that we want to be able to leave behind if we've had a particularly difficult day, for example. Um, the other thing I found is that either using your own writing or someone else's writing can just be a really good way of starting a conversation when you don't have another way of doing it. So, yeah, absolutely. I think writing is a tool that anyone can use, even people who think they are not a natural writer can surprise themselves. Now, Pookie, I want to ask you about the recent statistics on young women's mental health. What is your overall sort of um, explanation? You know, what 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 do you, you think is happening nationally that we're we're in, the statistics speak for themselves? They're absolutely dreadful in terms of you know women's young women seem to be doing rather poorly. Yeah, the, the, the statistics don't look great for young women. I, I'm not entirely sure though. Um, how accurately they reflect the picture because um, I do worry equally about young men, I have to say. I mean, I think that our mental health as a nation and particularly um, young people is, is really suffering at the moment. And I think one of the things that those statistics 
arguably shown, I know that um, my colleague Natasha Devon, um, the former mental health champion for the Department for Education, would argue that what those statistics are showing is that young women are better at articulating their mental health difficulties at the moment than any other group. But I think the, the rise in mental health issues that we're seeing amongst young people generally are reflective of um, a generation who are growing up in an increasingly difficult time where they don't get any downtime, where expectations are very, very high, um, and where social media means that, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're expected to live up to a kind of idealistic, you know, perfection, uh, both in how they look and how they live their life, and that's really hard. And Pookie, I'm just going to bring in Megan. Megan, what does it feel like to find out that there's someone else out there who's actually, you know, this is Pookie's job, you know, she's out there as a mental health ambassador, she's writing like you do. Is that exciting for you? Definitely. I, I find it um, really kind of inspiring that there's someone who has made, I don't know what to say, like a career out of this. It's, it's not something we hear of often, and I think it needs to be promoted more because it's such an important topic and anyone can pick up a book and read it so why not this one and understand why so basically both Pookie and Megan at, at different sort of stages in life are, you're both of you very very motivated to help other people which is I think being altruistic like that is very helpful isn't it and um, Pookie yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I find sort of working in the field of, sort of psychology and, and psychiatry and mental health in particular um, is that it's remarkable the number of people whose lives have been touched directly by mental ill health, either of themselves or perhaps a close friend or, or family member. Um, it's something I find every day. So I direct the Children and Young People program at the Charlie Waller Memorial Trust. And so often the people who I come into contact with, either in the charity sector or else working with schools or other organisations who are motivated uh, to promote mental health, have you know either been sufferers themselves or they know someone who's been affected. But then when you think about it, it's not that surprising. You know, the statistics say one in four of us will be um, diagnosed with a mental health issue at some point in our lives. So it's been hidden for a long time, but really it's, it's, a, it's an, you know, something that impacts on, on many, many, many people and we need to be able to talk about it more. Okay, well listen, we're going to let you go and um, thank you for joining us, even though you're really busy tonight, Pookie. Apologies, yeah, sorry about the, the bad background. I'm actually at the, um, the Positive Mental Health Awards, um, one wow. of the, the projects we're involved in was um, yeah, up for an award this evening and so um, I had hoped to sit in a quiet room and talk to you, but it wasn't quite feasible. Well, it's great and to hear you anyway. Well, thanks ever so much for having me on the show. And, and Megan, it was, it was really fabulous to hear what you wrote and, and good luck with everything and, and be in touch. I'd love to hear more of what you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So there we go. That was Pookie Knight-Smith. And Pookie has written Using Poetry to Promote Talking and Healing in conjunction with Place to Be, who we've had on the show before, an amazing charity that do lots and lots of training. Perhaps you'll work for them one day, Megan, training people around the country in terms of mental health and what it looks like and different conditions and how to um, help. They train teachers and parents and young people. So Place to Be is an absolutely brilliant um, charity for people to look up. So we're going to be speaking to um, uh, Dr. Jessica Valentine yeah, next. 
who's an, another Megan fan, I hear. And Br- Jessica Valentine um, is based in Brighton, although we know her very well in St Albans because she did live here once and she's moved. And she runs the Brighton Wellness Centre. And Jessica has three daughters uh, herself and she's a clinical psychologist so she's a very interesting person for us to speak to tonight just about I'm very interested in why writing has helped I think that I think Pookie has mentioned a couple of things like it helped create a sense of coherence and organization and um, let's hear what else Jessica might have to say Welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam. You're very welcome to the this evening's show. We're talking about mental health, well-being and young people. And the next guest we've got this evening is Dr. Jessica Valentine. And um, she runs the Brighton Wellness Centre and is joining us on the phone now. Hi, Jessica. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Great, thank you. So tell us a little bit about the Brighton Wellness Centre. Tell us what you do down there. Well, um, I'm a psychologist who supports women and families within the community. So I work with people who have anxiety, stress, depression, anything really, um, mental health, or just um, someone that's going through a difficult time. Now, Jessica, you were telling me today that, you know, you have lots of young girls, especially in your practice. Tell us a little bit about your experience recently. Um, I work with a lot of young women um, and people who perhaps are, their parents are getting divorced. um, And, you know, I think a lot of the schools, they don't offer a lot of support in terms of um, talking. Um, And sometimes it's just good to talk. Um, I have a lot of, I I mean, I think think you were speaking about cutting. I have a a young woman who um, cuts. I have a client that, um, you know, I work with with that. Um, so it just, it varies. It could be something, you know, there's a whole spectrum of different sorts of issues that I work uh, with. Jessica, what's your sort of response to what Megan has done? You know, it takes enormous amount of courage, doesn't it, at 15 That's to... That's exactly what I was thinking. I just wanted to say the first thing is how brave, you know, just to open up and to trust the the unknown audience, but also just sitting in the studio with you with you ladies, and you know to be so vulnerable, it's very brave. Um, I think it's a, it's a great thing, and I think art and writing is a wonderful way to express any emotion. Um, you know, being creative, whether you know it's painting or writing, anything, any creative outlet is a, is a positive and healthy outlet. From a sort of psychological perspective, what is it that is so helpful in terms of creating something? Is it the response that you get? Is it the process of creating it? I I think process. You know, um, a lot of times, many times, um, people internalize dark thoughts. And if if you keep everything inside, um, this is how, um, you know, depression can snowball. So if you're going to put it out there, it's just like sort of... um, anything that you say out loud seems like oh yeah it's a whole lot i feel a whole lot better i don't know why i was so worried about this so it's just it's just getting it out and processing it and sometimes understanding where it comes from and why it's happening and then having a um a solution 
Now, Jessica, you do have something called mood cards, and I want to. There's lots of parents listening tonight yeah. who have adolescent children who may have very fluctuating mood. Goodness knows, even we mums have lots of fluctuating moods. But um, for those listening, you know, how do we differentiate between normal low mood? And what Megan has expressed tonight, because it's very difficult, isn't it? And we don't want to sort of, um, I don't know, um, treat low mood um, inappropriately. Does that make sense? Um, elaborate a little bit. So, do you know, so most teenagers will experience low mood. Mm-hmm. But how do we know that's just low mood and it's not something like depression? How can we differentiate between them as parents? I think that, I think... Um, Sometimes it could be difficult. However, um, drastic change. So, you know, a low mood, tired, grumpy, agitated. Those are probably normal things that every teen or young adult experiences because of hormones, pressures of school, um, and and growing emotionally and physically. Um, I would say some signs could be maybe not coming out of of your room or maybe getting messier or um, sleeping habits change not hanging out with your friends withdrawing those are some things that you know if when if you're if it's a drastic change or like wow this isn't my my daughter or this isn't my son this isn't you that that then i would explore it the, the cool thing about the mood cards is um i had a client today she's 10 um and um you know just discussing a regular conversation she uses words like sad and upset but i got her to choose some you know four of the mood cards she chose and it was interesting the words that she could um, connect her feelings to, and and, and it and it really sort of identifies how you're feeling, which helps once you understand how you're feeling, then it's and it's sometimes easier to to, to work through and get now, through. So you've mentioned you, this client is ten years old. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting to use a kind of a vid- visual. Um, stimulus to sort of act because it's very difficult for a 10 year old even to recognize their own emotions Mm -hmm. in that way Mm -hmm. so how do parents kind of access these mood cards and how might they use them yeah so basically um the mood cards um which i've given you the information by um yeah it's on our facebook right now brilliant um andrea harn um basically there are directions inside and you read you just um you just choose a couple mood cards, and I'll open up one here. So um, basically, it it, it 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 reflects. It helps you reflect. So let me pick one here. So um, I'll just choose sorry. So it says, ask yourself, how do you feel when you get things wrong? So it helps you sort of reflect, and then it, it goes through. Do you communicate your thoughts and feelings? What does your 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 uh, conscience tell you? And then afterwards, it's they have affirmations. So it's okay to be to feel negative. Like I say to my girls, my children, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay how you're reacting to this anger. So with these affirmations, um, there are positive things to help you get through your situation. So the affirmation is, I don't always get things right, but I'm willing to look at myself and learn. So there are things that, you know... That's lovely, because yeah. it doesn't just kind of open up the feeling. There's a little bit of, there's something that you can do with it. There's affirmations that children can use, mm-hmm. and parents will have the confidence then to know that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, parents always need that affirmation. Um, it's tricky, you know, we all are doing the best that we can do with what we have to work with. 
And Jessica, you've got three daughters, and we were talking a lot tonight about female mental health. What's your kind of advice? I mean, you're the expert, you're a psychologist for other people listening who have, you know, perhaps young girls in particular and are worried about what they've heard this evening and want to be there for their children and not have them experience that kind of mental pain. What would your advice be? Well, one thing that we can all do as parents is just keep the lines of communication open you know, like at dinner time, we need to sit down together more often. You know, with this whole social media, which is good for businesses, but the media and the way that women are portrayed and, and TV and phones and computers, we, we have to sort of bring it, strip it down and bring it back to the basics. You know, make time, sit down, talk. How, you know, everyone gets a turn to talk at the table, just how many of us were raised, you know, without the Internet. Um, well, do you know what, Jessica? You're so lucky because you live by the sea. Yeah. You know, I just imagine a life in Brighton must be great. It must be, you know, so much easier to have good mental health when you live somewhere so pretty. Well, it is fantastic, and I supposedly there is a um, when when the water hits the sea. Uh, sorry, when the water hits the um, the, the pebbles. Because we're in Brighton, we've got pebbles. There's apparently a, um, like a magnetic force, and I think that's why people are really happy around the sea because it's some sort of weird energy <laughs> <laughs> i'm just going to bring megan in megan just yeah. want to hear you oh, respond to what jessica has said when she described early on some of the things that parents might be noticing in their young people you know when they're not feeling as well did you recognize any of those in yourself did you start to see those patterns uh, definitely it, it's it's strange to think how relatable it is to hear someone else saying the exact things you're feeling um, and it's, it's nice to know that there's people specialising in it so there's, there's always going to be help somewhere but just to hear those words it's great <laughs> yeah and it also makes you realise you know these are symptoms that are universal it's yeah. not you know it's not you as you very cleverly identified in your in your literature so okay Jessica we're going to signpost people to you um, to your website which okay. is brightonwellnesscentre.co.uk because you do have lots of resources mm -hmm. and as people can hear you're very accessible and at the end of the phone line or the train line from Harpenden if anybody wants to go down there and spend the day at the sea I am anytime if they could have a, a seaside slash therapy session. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, thanks for lovely. having me. Okay, thanks so much, Jessica right. Valentine. Good luck, thanks Megan. so much. Thank you. Uh -huh. So that was Dr. Jessica Valentine, and I think that the main themes tonight are that oops, talking is good, isn't it? Yeah. And sharing is scary, but also good. And what would you say your sort of reactions are to what you've heard? Is it encouraging or? Um, definitely i don't really know the words to use but it's this is the way to go this is what we all need to do this is how we're going to get this problem fixed like one word at a time yeah and you know what i think what's worrying in a sense but exciting is that you know only because a teacher heard your story and responded to it that that was all the magic unfolded isn't it yeah so here's to all the teachers who are listening and listening out for all these, you know, feelings. I, I, I need to describe lid? what's going on in the studio. <laughs> Mr. Toms is getting a lot of thumbs up here in the studio. <laughs> very importantly, a very well deserved. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, we've got one last guest on our very packed show tonight. And that is, I've been practicing her name all day, Lydia. I'm and gonna I don't know if I'm going to get... Oh, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> I think it's Nicola... 
Kalazoas. Sounds right to me. Yep, you can let's find out. Nicola, Nicola, is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely Ooh, right. Well I'm done. so excited. <laughs> and Nicola, you represent, well, you do everything, uh, but you're a parent and you also work and support the Ollie Foundation. Yes, that's right. That's right. So um, tell us all about it. Right. So the, the Ollie Foundation, um, a quick summary, it was uh, founded by three parents earlier this year who unfortunately had lost their teenage sons to suicide. And they had vowed to prevent other families from suffering from similar tra- uh, tragedies. Um, and so the Ollie Foundation was born. And um, the Ollie, standing for one life lost, is enough. Um, it was uh, founded in order to help prevent um, suicide and offer funding to suicide intervention training to people who work with uh, young young adults um, and uh, it's, it, it was to enable professionals uh, to identify the warning signs and provide a pathway to help combat suicidal thoughts in young teenagers and, and the idea with that is to to try and get get to them and, and, and help them before the, the suicidal thoughts set in and, and they become um, as we've heard throughout the show today, people becoming quite insular and internal and, and not knowing how to speak out. Um, and it's about working with, with those um, professionals uh, who are able to maybe spot those signs um, and go to youngsters and um, perhaps try and get them to open up to them. And goodness, though, we've heard tonight we're, we're very, very dependent, especially on teachers to, yeah. who are already doing an enormously difficult job to yeah. pick up on these very subtle, um, you know, expressions of emotion. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think teachers, obviously, they work with um, youngsters day in, day out. And, um, you know, the idea is that they would recognise any changes uh, in, in their social behaviour or the way that they are in class. And then also that, that training is to extend to parents as well. Um, so for parents to perhaps recognise different signs in the way that their children, be, you know, are behaving. And, and um, it, it's very difficult, obviously, because sometimes as a parent you don't always spot these signs because kids these days go up in their bedroom, shut the door and put Xbox on. And Nicola, are there any um, very kind of glaring examples of types of behaviour that, that are, you know, sig- strong signals to parents to pay attention to? For my for myself, I wouldn't. I it's quite a difficult. That's quite a difficult question for me because uh, my part uh, where Ollie's concerned, I'm not one of the trained um, sure. people within the Ollie Foundation. I tend to help with more of the marketing um, and a lot of the events side of things. But there's definitely a question uh, that two of the ladies who offer all of the training would be able to answer. Um, but I would say from my own personal experience, um, and as a parent, I've got two children, uh, a 14-year-old and a 19-year-old, who have both gone through, uh, one's at university now, um, and one's going through school. And I would say um, that, that children um, who just suddenly become quite, quite internal and don't tend to talk, and you can see that perhaps there's something bothering them, but when you ask them, are they okay, the answer's always fine. Um, and I think it, it's definitely one thing I would do is I normally go straight to the school and I ask the teachers directly, how's my son or my daughter behaving at school at the moment? Is there anything actually that I need to know about? 
Uh, and with my own experience, there was a bullying situation years back, and that 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 highlighted my son's unhappiness. Um, and uh, so I would say, ask questions constantly. Don't ever just assume that they're just in a bad mood. And tell us, Nicola, what what prompted you to get involved with Ollie? Well, I had um, personal experience um, in my family 20 years ago um, where two members of, of my family took their lives. Um, and so that became um, something that was obviously, as you can imagine, quite awful in our family. Um, but also I've, I've known, unfortunately, six other individuals throughout my, my time and I can just see that um, the intervention and prevention training is absolutely imperative that we, we, we help these kids um, because the pressures of life when they hit, when they go into their 20s, there's so much focus on, on getting a grade C in their GCSEs that, that you know, the, the teachers aren't able to, to help educate them for some of the other stresses and strains. And that's the whole reason that I've got involved is, is to really help um, awareness and, and spread um, the word about the Ollie Foundation and, and help us raise as much money as we possibly can in order to carry out as much training as we can. So um, that, that was my reason for becoming involved totally understandable and if you so what would you say to parents what are the first steps if they want to access um the services of the ollie foundation how, how do they go about it what right can they so do? if anybody would like to um uh, uh get involved have a safe talk or uh, learn more about the intervention training then the first thing to do would be to perhaps email the ollie foundation which is contact us at the ollie and the Ollie Foundation can also be found on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And Nicola, if parents are worried, you know, if they're listening to this all tonight and they think something doesn't feel right with my mm. teenager, what's their sort of first port of call? Should they go to the GP? Should they ring up and speak to another parent at the Ollie Foundation? What should they do on a practical level? See, I personally think speak to another parent. Um, speak to another parent first and then possibly go to... Um, I mean, always air your concerns and then go to your GP, uh, but also speak to the school because sometimes the GP is only going to, you know, in my personal experience, this is not a professional opinion, um, is only going to refer you to different uh, sites or, or, or establishments that, that they know of, whereas if you go directly to the school or to the source or perhaps your child's friends, Mm. Um, you know, that, that's the first thing that I, that I personally would do. Well, I think one of the core messages this evening is about alignment between the school, the parent, the young person. Everybody's trying to be heard, aren't they? I'm sure Megan would agree. It's about everybody picking up on those signals. And if mum or dad aren't picking up on the signals, it has to be someone else. Absolutely. And, and sometimes mum and dad don't. Sometimes mum and dad are the ones that, that are the worst people to pick up the signals because kids sometimes are so clever at hiding their feelings because they don't want to worry their parents you see yeah yeah so i think the communication is one of the key messages from this evening and frankly if megan is brave enough to tell us how she's been feeling i think all of us should be able to open up um and, and be brave too so i love megan's poem by the way i'd just like to say i you know i, I was listening in earlier thank um, you very much um, absolutely fantastic and uh, I think that if more more children um, can open up 
I, th I think Megan will definitely have reached out to, to many children that will be inspired by what her brave bravery, basically. Thank you. That, that actually means a lot to hear. So. And maybe, Nicola, you know, uh, there's a little speaker role somewhere along the line from, from Megan from the Ollie Foundation. I'm sure she'd be very happy to go and read her uh, poetry out. Absolutely, yeah. most definitely. <laughs> so if Megan was to get in touch with us, we can definitely, um, you know, have a, have a chat and see what we can do together. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us. That's Nicola Kalazowis. Ka I can't remember now. Kalazowis. Kalazowis. from the <laughs> OllieFoundation.org. Isn't it exciting to know that there's all these people out there working for the same sort of... Absolutely, and we've signposted it on our Facebook page. So any of the websites, if, if you uh, want to access them, they're all they're click-throughs on the, our Parent Show Facebook page. So thanks so much, Nicola very welcome all the very all the best time. take care now bye-bye there we go so we have as i said all the websites are on the the parents show facebook page you can click through so if you're listening to repeat or a podcast of this show it'll still be on the facebook page just uh, scroll back and find it so we're coming towards the end of our show this evening i'd like to give an opportunity for all our guests just to kind of share our thoughts before before we let you go get our last pound of flesh out of you <laughs> we've had you talking for nearly a full hour mr thomas would you like to go what have you been reflecting on listening to all the different guests this evening well the, f the first thing I'm, I'm so proud of megan's performance tonight and and i'm so pleased that everyone recognized the bravery that it took for her to speak in this way and and um, and how inspirational i'm hoping and i know that megan is hoping anyone who's suffering parents and children in the ways that megan has can take some strength from that and and then and also the as an english teacher the power of the words the power of the poetry the power of communicating both verbally and in writing is it's that it's there for us all to see Absolutely. Hooray for English classes. <laughs> yeah. Yay. And Megan, well, obviously the last word is obviously yours as the star of the show this evening. I, I don't really know what to say, to be honest. There, there's people who are relating to me and, and then there's people who are willing to help and just having, having everyone here, it's quite overwhelming. Yeah. I, I, I hope you can feel the support and admiration and respect people. You've obviously really... Definitely. really reached out to a lot of people and I think you've really yeah. um, touched them. Just from a few like words on a page that mean so much more to me and people have picked up on that and it's, it's made my day. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on our parent show. Thank and you And hopefully you will me. come back and give us some reports on all your writing and how Definitely. you've been getting yeah. on. And if you've had public speaking engagements, <laughs> perhaps we can be invited along, Lydia. But we'd love it. We'd love to come along. Why not? <laughs> and well done. Well done to Mr. Toms. So we, um, we, we're, it's very, very exciting to know that there are teachers out there who are picking up where and perhaps parents haven't. So yeah. thank you so much. Teachers in schools. Hooray for teachers. teachers we like teachers on the yeah. show. Okay, all the Fantastic. very best and um, thank you very much for listening. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves solicitors, your complete legal solution.